It's blocked and it's picked up on the play by Ty Smith after getting blocked on the play by Crookshank. He'll take it the distance and that is a score. That is amazing. The block by Crookshank. Ty Smith returns it. And the Titans have stunned the crowd here in Indianapolis. Welcome along to the uh, Transatlantic Titans podcast. Uh, you'll be very much disappointed to hear that we have a different host. We've brought backup quarterback in for the week. Uh, Adam can't be with us tonight. But we thought, well, if Adam can't be here, we better make a, you know, better make a bit of effort to get a guest on that are going to be worthwhile for you guys to listen to. Uh, so it's been long awaited. The collaboration has finally come together. We have got Sean and Owen from the trans, uh, from the Irish Titans podcast. I beg your pardon, with us. Uh, also joining me on the, also joining us this week. We've also got Brian and Miles, uh, who are pretty much regulars by this point. But Good evening to you all, chaps, and especially Hello. good evening to Sean. Hello. Hello. How's it going, lads? Good evening. So, we always kick off. Whenever we have new guests on, we always ask the same question. And that question is, what made you become a Titans fan? So, Owen, kick off. Yeah, I guess I, I should start off because I'm, I'm eight years older than Sean, and uh, there's not much of a... Uh, love stories as there is to many other people's stories. Uh, I uh, supported for a week the Philadelphia Eagles, mainly because I was bored and I wanted to get in. I've, I've mentioned on our podcast itself that I listen, I watch uh, sports religiously. I watch a lot of sport and um, I kind of felt I was missing out on, on um, you know, American football, football. Um, and my friend at the time was a massive uh, Donovan McNabb and Brian Dawkins fan. Um, and he was telling me how, how these guys are just, you know, Brian Dawkins is the best athlete in, on the planet at the moment, was his exact words, I believe. And I was saying, OK, yeah, let me have a go of it. And of course, I started coming out with all this. Um, oh, yeah, they're wearing pads and it's not as good as rugby and blah, de, blah. Um, and I, I started watching it um, and I kind of realised how how I always use the word mathematic because I'm, I'm I can't I'm, I'm not articulate um but it's such a it's such a tactical game that I, I got more and more into it and it comes down to basically watching many many teams at the time and uh seeing Vince Young which you know is not that long ago I guess because we're, we're not we're not fans for a very very long time but seeing Vince Young basically on on the TV playing and um I just kind of said that that's my team and I, I, I stuck with the team. Um, many of the other sports teams that I follow is from, you know, where I'm from and, and where my family is from and whatnot. And I have no connection to Tennessee. Sean doesn't either. Um, and I just kind of, I loved how they played. Um, I remember seeing Rob Baronis kick a, a, a field goal and kind of saying to myself, like, these guys, these are the guys that I want to support. I like blue. I mean, there's nothing more romantic to it. And that's how I, that's how I became a fan. Um, and I think... I kind of passed it on to Sean then because Sean was getting older and I'll leave, I leave him explain, but he was getting older and it was almost like the rise of Mariota was coming up. And it, it, just before that, you know, and um, things were starting to get a small bit more exciting with the Titans again. And he said it to me, he said, are you still watching the NFL? And I said, yeah, I'm trying to watch it. I'm trying to enjoy the Titans because obviously things, you know, weren't the best. Um, and he got into it from then onwards. But yeah, yeah, as I said, nothing too romantic. 
Yeah, I, I suppose um, 2015, 2016, maybe. I'm only 19, for those of you who don't know, 2000. Uh, even though I'm the only one out of the two of us that can use full stops. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, but like uh, I started following about 2015, started the Mariota era. Obviously, we weren't very good at that time. Um, 2016 season, probably my first that I've actually paid attention to. Um, we started the account in 2017 then, yeah, so I know Owen was saying that uh, because of Vince Young we started following, but it's kind of hilarious now how we're blocked by Vince Young on Twitter um, <laughs> for no particular reason, uh, no. but anyway, yeah, I'm just, uh, like, we were called bandwagon fans last week, and like, in my case, I kind of am, but uh, Owen's not, so, That's um, not yeah. True. That's not. There's no. There's no bandwagon fan. There's no bandwagon fan of the Tennessee Titans unless you become a fan in the past. You know, yeah. maybe when they came across when they came up in the playoff game against Kansas yeah. City. And, and and obviously, um, when I sat down to watch my first Titans game, you know, seeing the elegance of Mister Terence Rubisky sitting on the sideline directing our offense was just <laughs> fascinating. Um, his 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 unique stature and um, the way he kind of tilts his baseball cap to the side you know i was i was won over <laughs> your boys your uh, your obsession with terry rubisky uh never fails to amuse me and uh, i i honestly cannot wait for that collaboration that, that is the christmas album the christmas album the christmas single just going for christmas number one uh that that is one i just want i just have visions of a of a, a really cheesy music video that with you three boys and uh, it's enough to give me nightmares i guess but no look i think it's uh it's, it's it always fascinates me but um just just so if i don't think there'll be any anyone listening to this podcast who don't know who these boys are at least uh, at least to some extent um you, you mentioned your Twitter. You opened up in 2017. Went a bit crazy now. I mean, how many followers you guys got? I mean, we're at a. Yeah. Uh, sorry, sorry, to interrupt. We're just this. 30 off 2k. Yeah. Nice. So yeah, we, did, we did lose about. A, <laughs> we did lose about 100 followers, maybe 150 followers there in the last two weeks. But we're building up again. We're building up again. It's okay. It's grand. Good stuff. Yeah. No. Really, yeah. really good. And uh, so yeah, if you if anyone doesn't follow, uh, Sean and Owen, make sure you do. Uh, what's what's the Twitter handle, boys? Irish. Irish underscore Titans. But can yeah. I just make a slight disclaimer? Because I think it's nice to kind of get this out on your platform as well, so that we're all on the same, you know, on the same page. Our account is um an extremely exaggerated versions of version of ourselves. Um we're not being <laughs> fake on there at any point. Everything that we say is true, especially the Rabisky talk, everything like that is truly what we believe in. However, it does get a bit hectic over there, as you probably have all, all seen before. I I'm I, I work in an extremely stressful business. I like getting a bit of frustration out now and again. And, um, you know, being an internet warrior is the best way of taking out your frustration, obviously. You know, um, so uh, so that that's just a disclaimer I wanted to add in there. It's good value, boys. Don't worry. I think uh, it's it's always uh, one account on Matt, on uh, game day that I, I look out for. Uh, just just to purely try and guess where who's tweeting Owen or Sean. Like, <laughs> normally, if there's a lot of capitals, I'm guessing it's Owen, but I might be completely wrong. Now I'm going to look actually, out. It was actually me with the capitals yesterday. Uh, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, well, now I'm going to be looking out for lack of full stops. Now you've you've kind of given yes. it away. Um, <laughs> so yeah boys listen thanks very much for coming on um i think go and follow them on twitter irish underscore titans uh, if you haven't already um whilst you're there if you're not following us please do 
Transatlantic, Transatlantic TN um, on Twitter. We've also got our, our Facebook pages. We say this every week, though, so I'm sure yeah, everyone's following. Um, and also, and also, share please obviously share our podcast and also the Irish Titans podcast um, for any Titans fans who who may not have heard us yet. Um, go back and listen to some of the the darker days of five weeks ago, um, as well as uh, the more more the more uh, upbeat days that we're seemingly having right now. And obviously feedback as well. If you have any feedback on uh, if you don't want me to host again, that's absolutely fine. Or um, you know, whatever it may be, please feel free to feedback. But listen, I don't think the reason we've done this on a Monday is because there's a well-known hashtag that the boys, especially, use hashtag Victory Monday. It's the only day we could have done this on, and that's not because that's the only day Owen could have done. But generally, <laughs> being the Colts, I don't think it gets better than that. What did your uh, What was your thoughts, boys? We'll kick off maybe on our side. Miles, what did you think? Never in doubt, was it, boys? Uh, <laughs> I think uh, I emphasised from the beginning how I think I'd seen the word fun was what was getting branded about so much. And it made me think, you know, day to day in life, when you have to go to work, you just perform better when it's fun. And then I thought to myself, you know what, you can see in that locker room since uh, Tanner Frill or Tanner Kill, whatever we're calling him at the moment. Uh, ever since he's came in, the fun levels in that team, along with the hard work and the play calls have been a lot better. I can just, there's some, I mean, I've been overly positive. I know I, I might be the only Titan fan who thought we were going to win. Um but just there were just so many things about the game that, yeah, I didn't enjoy most of it. Um, but just as the game got on, and after a couple of incidents, I just thought, yeah, this this is going to be this has got to be a victory. We're going we're going to carry this through the rest of the season. And yeah, I loved it. Uh, well, I hated it and loved it. <laughs> that pretty much sums up any any Titans fan who uh, very much love hate relationship with the Titans uh, most yes. most weeks. To be honest, um, but the start it was a, an interesting start because in the first half we uh, it's fair to say we it took a while to get going. Um, we had obviously first play, Derek Henry fumbling the ball, uh, which was far from ideal. I think he, the most frustrating part of that as well was that he he really found a big gap to go and get that first down. Uh, so to fumble it when he did was incredibly frustrating. Um, what, what do we think? It was it was obviously a slow slow start in terms of the fumble, but also on on defense. Arguably the the probably the worst half we've probably seen from the from the defense, which is quite a harsh thing to say, I guess. But for me, I felt it was it was it was probably the slowest we've seen them perform in that first half. Don't want to kick off in negatives as Mister Negative, but we'll get to the best bit later on. What do you guys think of uh, of our kind of struggles in in the in the in the sort of first quarter in the first half? It, it seems to be a recurring theme, doesn't it? Like, yeah, we don't like to do things the easy way. Um, slow starts, just, just, I don't know. We, we just seem to be a second half team. Do you not think? We, we seem to make the adjustments, and that, that's a good thing that we're making the adjustments and we're able to respond. But you know, why, why are we building ourselves these uh, uphill battles all the time? Mm, they work, but I mean, I think just to just to touch on the defense, uh, um, I think the whole missing Malcolm Butler situation is is devastating for the defense. A lot of people mightn't agree with me, um, but no matter what people say, he's definitely a leader in that locker room. You know, um, having him and Logan Ryan on the team has made a huge difference to the Titans. He, he's had his bad days. 
um, and he's had his good ones. But since he's gone, um, and obviously Sims wasn't there, um, and I was expecting us to start slowly. Um, I may have been a small bit more pessimistic um, as Miles in the sense that I know that the Colts were missing a lot of um, uh, good players, but I was uh, I was expecting the worst based on the fact that um, I felt our defense wasn't um, up for the challenge. I guess, but uh, I'm glad I was wrong. One thing that has to be commended, though, is that in the recent weeks, it's just become a lot clearer how how our defensive staff is actually like it's surprisingly good in their ability to make adjustments. Like we haven't seen that in a while from Titans. Like you, like there was a stat that the tight when the Titans are losing at halftime, they're like it's like two and twelve they've won or something. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But like the, we have to commend the coaching staff. Like I'm not one. Like we, me and Owen, were both not people to like support coaching staff generally besides Rubisky and Malarkey but that's another story but like Dean Pease and Mike Rabel they just have to be commended for like they're able to react very very well to the team that's put out against them I mean they might necessarily prepare for the game well and they might start slow each game but like their their ability to to change things up and and have different shows and different fronts, everything is just I think it's fantastic and it's something we haven't seen in a while. It's inter- It's really interesting because um, I thought Frank Reich was out coaching peas the entire first half. Uh, so I think you're absolutely spot on with the adjustments that they made in the second half. It was it was almost like a completely different team came out. Um, I think we, we forced the Colts to make decisions that they didn't really want to make, uh, i.e. throwing downfield. I, mean, the, the, I, think, I don't know if it was the first or the second interception uh, from Brissett was was ridiculous. I mean, the guy threw it into, into coverage three three against one. Mm. There's only one. There's only realistically going to be one winner, whether it was going to fall incomplete or get taken as an interception, and which it did. It was a, a really um, impressive change in... Uh, the entire game plan it felt from from especially from a defensive uh, point of view but it's um there's there were some big moments in the game that that went in our favor and none more so than um Vinatieri missing uh two the two field goals in the first half i think yeah. um yeah i mean it's those sort of i mean he he knocks them through and you you're looking at a a, a very very different situation at half time yeah, I've uh, I think I was joking around in our WhatsApp group that I was going to wear a Vinatieri shirt today to celebrate. Part of the reason that uh, I felt that we got the victory there. I mean, he's been like that this season. I know there's been countless conversations with the Colts regarding switching up their kicker, um, but it was it's obviously not happened, and I'm very thankful that it didn't happen for our week anyway. Um, just following on from what you were saying about um, our defense and making changes, I think we conceded 82 yards on the ground in the end. For a Colts team that are well known for their great offensive line play. And I think that once they realised that they weren't actually getting as much from it as they wanted to, that's where it then led to obviously throw into these receivers that obviously were aware they had no T.Y. Hilton and no Ebron. They're throwing to third off, I mean, players that they'd never heard of. Yes, half the Colts fans, they probably didn't know who was getting the ball, with the exception, I think, it was Pascal for them that had a good game we forced them to not do what they wanted to, basically. I mean, there's a brilliant video of Simmons and um, Nelson going at it all game where he, where he flattens him. And personally, I, I'm a huge fan of Nelson. I think he's mm. arguably the best guard there is. And the way that sometimes Simmons was thrown around like a rag doll, it was, it was, it, it really stopped them from wanting they want, what they wanted to do. I felt like if they got the ball going, 
that would have completely given them an opportunity to run out more clock and obviously reduce the uh, score that we ended up getting on them. So I'm I'm immensely proud of the way that we we stopped them from doing what they wanted to do. And again, Vinatieri can hopefully he's there for years to come when we play if he's going to keep on kicking <laughs> like that. I think we might have seen a lot. I think this might be his last one, guys. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, they're talking Cody Perky. Yeah, I mean the guy looks, he looks incredible, doesn't he? And this guy's coming off what did he do his ACL pre-draft? Yeah, ACL. Yeah. So, so we end up getting a basically a top three talent. Where where do we pick? Was it eighteen or something? Yeah, nineteen, I think. Yeah, 19, yeah. I mean, he looks he looks every bit the top three player, like doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like touching on what Miles said as well, he the way he ran through Nelson was what what really stood out to me, um, mm-hmm. really really stood out because I'm on the same page. Quentin Nelson is, I think I tweeted it. He's an absolute nutter. He he's he's a, a, a unit. He, he he's one of the the most. Um, I think he will be one of the best in years to come. And Simmons kind of made it look easy against him, in my opinion, which was uh, which is what scary. Helps, what Simmons is also helping is that people aren't really paying attention to Gerald Casey anymore, mm, mm. and people are, have to watch out for Landry as well. Like, mm. and even Logan Ryan got a sack yesterday. I think like you just they they can't keep track of all of them, and that's yeah, it, it's helping us. Lights out as well. Mm. Yeah. It's, a, it's a good point. It's a good point on Landry. I think um, it's I think five games in a row now that he's got a sack, uh, which is which is incredible. Really, when you when you think about it, he's he is becoming uh, as much as we talk about you know Simmons being a you know, huge part of the future. Um, I think Rashawn Evans this year has really kind of gone leaps and bounds. But I think Harold Landry, as again as a second round pick, uh, has has become an absolute steal for us. I think he's been. Arguably the most impressive player on on the defensive side, especially in uh, you know up front. If you, if you, I mean, obviously there's been some you know you look at Logan Ryan and and Bayard who obviously continue to perform really really well. But if you actually look at uh, you know you can't underestimate what Harold Landry brings to this team. Mm. Um, and he you know, five sacks, uh, sorry, five games in a row of a sack is is really says it all about what he's contributing. He looks he looks a monster there. I must admit, and can't wait to see more of him in the years to come. I think it's also just just a point to make as well about like you know we can talk about all these big names at the moment but like I think the the headline was on the t- Titans website this morning was unsung heroes and you're talking about people yesterday like Ty Smith um you know Dane Crookshank you know yeah. Crookshank um and and people and people were probably I think it was Adam said it on the little uh, transatlantic Titans clip that he does um after uh, game uh, the, the the day after game day um a lot of people were probably Googling who cornerback Kareem Moore was um, before coming onto the field. And he was second on the team with eight tackles at the end of the game yesterday. So um, there's a lot of unsung heroes on that defense as well. And as we said, they are starting off slow, but there is a, a fire underneath them at the moment that's uh, is really cool. That's what confidence brings at the end of the day. Like there's, there's no excuse now for them to not keep kicking on. There's, yeah. there's no excuse. Yeah, yeah. They've got the confidence. They're performing for the last three weeks, four weeks, five weeks. Like, there's literally no excuse. And I know now we can't really, I'm not going to jinx or anything, like. but I expect to see similar performances next week because I don't think we should expect anything different in this situation. Yeah. Well, like, the, the team the team has got all the confidence in the world. They've just beaten, like, the Colts are no, the Colts are a good team. Like, they're not, they're not a team to be messed about with, like, and people don't want to play the Colts, but now people don't want to play the Titans, and we can't become complacent now. We have to kick on. 
and the defense has to keep challenging these these quarterbacks. I think we play Derek Carr next week. Derek Carr is shocking. Like Derek Carr is terrible. I mean, Derek Carr has, hasn't been the same since he snapped his leg in half. I mean, <laughs> the fellas the fellas stumbling around like a lost chicken. <laughs> like yesterday, did you see them yesterday against the Chiefs? What a joke! An absolute yeah, joke. There's nothing stopping us now. Even even the Texans, like the Texans, they're after losing their one of their starting tackles. Yeah, I will say about the Texans though, they put on a oh, good yeah. clinic. Yeah, they do, the, they do. The, the Patriots last night, they, they did yeah. a, a good job. But yeah, I mean, let's not get too ahead away of ourselves. But it is, it is exactly. I agree one hundred percent. We have we have no excuses now. Um, it's it's you have to you have to truck on. But being the Titans, you never know what you know. You know, a, a week is a long time away for the Titans. So. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. It was uh, it was really interesting yesterday. I think the third quarter. Um, I think there's two ways you can look at the game. I think there was a uh, two for me really decisive points in the game. Uh, after going uh, 17-7 down, I think it was uh, Hines running in for uh, for the touchdown. Vinatieri uh, even uh, actually made the kick, which was a miracle in itself. Um, and I think that it was actually something that we. It was a situation where that Derrick Henry touchdown on, I think it was on fourth and one. Um, we're only, I think, 13 yards or so away from, from, from the end zone. Um, going for it on fourth and one and going with the play call that they did, I think was was really quite ballsy from, from, from Arthur Smith. And that, for me, was a really big turning point in the game. It brought it back into to, you know, a three-point game, essentially. Um, but I think you have to look at that blocked field goal. And the work that Crookshank, as I think we mentioned previously, and, and Ty Smith then running it into uh, to that touchdown. I mean, that pretty much ended all, all hope for for Indianapolis. I mean, even even the Colts fans were leaving the stadium by that point, uh, which still baffles me. But mm. hey, though, um, how I mean, one thing I absolutely love from that play, watching it back, uh, was actually uh, Joshua Kalu. His reaction as he's running up alongside Ty Smith. Uh, was was really actually was pretty much me in my lounge just running up and down. Um, it, it was a very very similar story. He, he just delight in his face for for the fact that we, they blocked and then went up the other end to get that touchdown because that was, I mean, it didn't seal it 100%, but it it kind of felt like there's no way back now for the Colts. That was the game, yeah. Then. Even though yeah, I, I didn't believe it, I still thought nah, they, we could still screw this up. <laughs> Yeah, I, missed, I was actually on my way home from work, so I completely missed that bit. So uh, I, I was just seeing the hysteria in the WhatsApp group, and I was like, "Oh, something's gone down." And then uh, <laughs> I think it was the Irish guys just putting loads of uh, craziness on Twitter, which told me what had happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I went a bit of crazy for that. It was it's kind of funny touching on Kalu because he had done it last week, didn't he? Um, he did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So so, and I I saw an interview with him. He was on I don't know what it was, some news news station or whatever and uh he was the delight on the guy's face he was so proud of himself so seeing that yesterday was also really cool like there's a great the the, the one thing i will say about this t- titans team at the moment i think the locker room for sure um is is finding um Tannehill much more of a leader um than mariota um has ever been to them Um a lot of people always you know respected Mariota there's never been a bad word said about the guy by any of the players and um, because he is a lovely guy but um as we've touched on before you know being a nice lovely guy isn't what makes it as a quarterback in the league and um I think that's what's showing the big difference I think it's a three-year gap between Tannehill being drafted and Mariota I think it is um and you know the experience is definitely showing and Tannehill having that extremely bad time with Miami um 
and they were they were a complete mess anyway. Um, it's really nice to see him. Um, I think, uh, to be honest, I'm almost repeating what the commentator said last night because he did say this, um, but it is unreal to see Tannehill working under an organisation now that has their head screwed on and want to go further. Um, Adam and, Gase is a joke at the Dolphins, like that organisation yeah, exactly. was just a mess. Exactly. So I think, he, I think now seeing... You know, it, besides uh, Jimmy Garofalo, it's definitely the be- the the comeback kid of the year. You know, I, I definitely think he is. Um, this is the biggest comeback um, the NFL has seen in a long, long time. Um, besides Jimmy G, because yeah, the Forty ers are doing some amazing things. But yeah, it's interesting. It's really interesting seeing what the locker room is like under Tannehill. It took me obviously a long while to get into it, but uh, it's quite quite cool now. To be fair. With Tannehill, it's really it's a really interesting one because he he just seems to play with no fear. He doesn't. I don't know if it's like he's in a situation in his career where he thinks, you know what, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get another contract anywhere unless I just go and just play how I want to go and play, or just yeah. And I think there was nothing more than that. Uh, kind of well, I say clinching. I mean, it was already kind of clinched by that point. But that I think mean, forty yard dime that he dropped right into Khalif Raymond that really summed that up because he, even though I think uh, one of the commentators turned around and said, you know, he's got to be clever here. You know, you need to make sure that, you know, they take some time off the clock and blah, 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 blah. And he then just goes and drops an absolute dime yeah. in the end zone straight to Khalif Raymond. It's just like the guy is just, he's just literally sweating in confidence right now. And, and it's actually refreshing to see because I've not seen that from, from Mariota probably for, for four, four years because the guy has been constantly beaten up and constantly uh, kind of left a little bit hung out to dry and just generally I mean he's a, I think you guys have said it on your podcast a few times he is a shadow of the man that he that he was you know when he first got drafted which is incredibly sad um, I think we will see a second coming for for Marcus but obviously isn't going to be with us but Tannehill yeah he just he's just breathing confidence right now which is so so good to see and it's now radiating across the the wider offense and he's getting guys involved like you know AJ Brown getting involved more than ever before the work he's done with the likes of Johnny Smith and Ferkser has been absolutely mm. outstanding Ferkser um, man, that's a standout it's, we're, 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 we're witnessing Arthur Smith's um, evolving to be honest yeah. like we, we were big supporters of the move at the start to appoint him but and we criticised him heavily 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 in the first few weeks but for the last two weeks the man has been doing an amazing job absolutely incredible job like that, yeah. them play calls are just like you would never have thought you'd see Arthur Smith calling them. Mm. It's it's but there's balls yeah. there. Like mm. he's been hitting the nail on the head, I think, with his play calling, which has been. I was worried about him, I must admit. So yeah. I'm, I'm glad to see that. Speaking of uh, someone who who continues to perform um, and is no doubt one of the biggest weapons we have on this team, got to give a shout out to to Brett the Goat Kern. Uh, another incredible performance. Uh, five punts, four of which ended up inside the 20, um, averaging just under 50 yards uh, per punt. What can you say about that guy? He's just absolutely immense for us. And he can change games. And I never he thought you'd... Ridiculous. Never thought in a million years you'd say there's a punter who can actually change games. But he, he can. Yeah, it's... Um... We, we, it's following on from what we were mentioning with our defence, with the pressure that they can get on another team. Uh, if, if you've got to try and attack from your own five-yard line compared to the 25-yard line, 20 yards might not seem like a huge amount, but mentally, it is a huge difference. Uh, you, you, the pitch seems so far away, and the moment you step back, you're in your own end zone. So the pressure that is offered just from 
I mean, in my opinion, the best kicker in the sport right now, apart from Tucker, who obviously is field goals as opposed to punting. Um, I don't think there's anyone better. And I just wanted to quickly mention with regards to Tammy Hill, I think a big reason why we're seeing what we're seeing from him is he hasn't got pressure on him, has he? He's worst case scenario for him is he comes in as a backup in a team that's already losing and he, he loses more games. He's came in with that sort of, okay, I'm going to show everyone what I can do. No pressure. Whereas Marcus was drafted as you're the team's franchise quarterback. You've got to do this. Mm. And you saw when he got the injury and I was like, well, Marcus now has to come back from this injury and he has to get this team going again. Whereas Tannehill's had to come into a, okay, let's see what you can do sort of thing might happen to the end of the year. And I feel like everyone's just sort of, it, it's it's relaxed. And it's again, what I said with the blocked field goal, it's just enjoyable. It's just a nice ride for the team. It's not a, oh, we're under all this pressure. Like a couple of, last year, the year before playing against the Colts at home, you just, uh, away, sorry. The team would be panicking. They would be, and yeah, the defense looked a bit meh at the start, but all it took was a half time of probably going, why are we, why are we worried about this? We know what we can do. We've done this the past couple of games, all the teams we beat. And I think it's a lot of the mentality. Yeah, it's a physical sport and it's a tactical sport. But I think a lot of the mentality has come into it where they've gone, you know what? Yeah, let's just go out and do what we can do and not worry about anything. Um, sorry for going off track. <laughs> I just want to say. No, but, not. I think you're actually spot on. When it comes to Tannehill as well, you say he's under no pressure. Actually, I think at half time yesterday, I think he was under pressure. He just, mm. He's just taken five sacks. Uh, he's fumbled the ball. The overall offensive performance wasn't wasn't looking particularly great. You can't say I don't think he he was under no pressure at all. But the fact he came then in the second half and put the performance in that he did and ran that offense in the way that he had done in the weeks previous, pretty much summed him up as a man. I, and I'll be honest, I don't think you would have seen Marcus Mario to do that. I think just to just to touch on something as well, and tell me if I'm talking too much, but I think discussions like this is interesting because um, you know it all it also comes down to the mental health of a certain athlete. You know, um, I think um, I think this is something that Marcus has suffered from. Um, I touched on our own podcast. I'm not going to get into it, but as well as being a full time cook, I um, I'm actually study at the moment criminology um, I do a lot of stuff I'm very interested in the psychological yeah psychology of, of people and, and all that kind of stuff and I have I have noticed as you just touched on Greg um, that he you know that he is um, he, he hasn't been himself and uh, I think that's something that he hasn't been since the um, since he broke the leg against the Jaguars you know and I, I genuinely think it's that far back um, I think up, and then he, he got the old um, he, he I think it was something to do with his vertebrae was cracked um, and all these these things that um, has taken a toll on his body and has taken a toll on his mentality. And I guess when you talk about mental health, um, he probably, uh, I, again, I'm not going to speak for the man and I'll never know and I'll never find out, but it seems to me that he just lost belief in himself. Um, there's no way that, I know I, people have said that he never used social media and he doesn't read the news and all this and he's very, you know, recluse. Um, however, there's no way that he wasn't seeing the criticism. There's no way that he was being, um, you know, that he was uh, not, not noticing that he wasn't playing to the game. And I think he just stopped believing in himself. And he was one of the only people on the sideline yesterday that had a, a scowl on his face the whole game. Now, of course, he's in a situation where he feels shit. He's been dropped and anyone would feel bad. However, he should be happy for the team and stuff. And I said it to Sean yesterday. I said, look, he's still not smiling. You know, he gave... There was, there, yeah, there was a clip. There was a clip. Remember that clip you sent it to me? Yeah, he, yeah. he, he, 
he patted Tannehill on the back and he, he looked as if he was trying to smile, but it just yeah. wasn't coming out. Like, he was giving it just all teeth, but there was no smile, you know. And it was, and, and of course, again, that's because he's been dropped and, and Tannehill is doing well and he knows this is the end with the Titans and what could have been and whatnot. However, this is a Mariota we've been seeing for a very long time, even when he was the starter, when he was questioned after the games. Um, it was always just like, oh, we need to do better, blah, 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 blah instead of doing better, instead of improving. And um, and that's why, inevitably, I'm very, very happy that uh, that um, Tannehill did come along. So sorry for again for veering off. We I can talk forever if you want, but uh, I won't because I have a big mouth. But I, I just want to touch on that. There's plenty of us who can do a fair amount of talking, myself included. So, <laughs> listen, I think, um, I think you're spot on. I think the, the fire or the light has kind of gone out and it, it wouldn't have surprised me if at some point he kind of, Went and did a bit of a Jake Locker and said it's just isn't for me. I've um, you know, I'm kind of a full now. I, I said the game. that to Owen. I actually mentioned that to Owen. Was it last week? I said. Yeah. That, I uh, said. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I actually said to Owen, don't be surprised if Mariota retires at the end of this year. Yeah. It, it it'd be interesting to see if he if he gets another if if he goes to get picked up by a team, whoever it may be in the future, whether it's backup or starter or whatever. Maybe if he goes and gets himself a another big injury it wouldn't surprise me if it happened I think mm. yeah some at some point that's t- obviously taken its toll and if you believe the list that came out at the end of last year on the injuries that he went through in that season uh the guy should have been in the wheelchair I mean let's face it so yeah, yeah I think yeah you're absolutely right I think it'd be interesting to see where he ends up next I, I still think he could be a success it just needs to to find the fire and that he that he could had be in chargers those yeah Maybe and Neil Neil wants Rivers, so that we'll we'll see uh, we'll see how this all pans out in the off season. But let's move on to uh, to next week. So next week, obviously, is uh, another massive game. And actually, even with the win yesterday, you kind of feel like every every week we're going to say it's must win now because it probably is to an extent. Um, the Raiders losing against KC has kind of done us a bit of a favour in terms of where they are in the in the kind of playoff hunt. Um, what do we think? What do we think around our chances matching up against? I mean, Sean, you've obviously got some opinions on on Derek Carr, which I'm always happy to hear. Uh, but what what do we think about the threat that the Raiders uh, will give us next Sunday? I suppose. Um, obvi- uh, sorry, sorry for cutting in. Um, no, go ahead. Ob- obviously, um, John Gruden is not a man to be best with. I wouldn't like to meet him down a dark alleyway. Um, but so, like, I would. His team is obviously going to reflect the man himself. Um, I don't know much about their defense. I'll be honest; I haven't really watched much of them. Um, but I know last night their offense was just com- complete disaster. Um, I mean, they, they. I think they threw like two pick sixes or something. Like they, they their special teams got blocked down for a two point a, a, a PAT, which was returned for a two point conversion. Like. This is like they're not a team that's doing well at the moment, in my opinion. I think they they lost to the Jets two weeks ago, if I'm right. Uh, there, yeah. So like losing to any any team losing to Adam Gase deserves to be put down, in my opinion. <laughs> they deserve to be shut down. Um, yeah. So I I don't see any reason why we can't win. Um, I I don't like. There's no excuse if we can't win. I don't want to hear any of this inconsistency bull that we hear every now and then. Just just win. It's it's simple as that. So it's going to come up though. So it's going to cut. We are consistently inconsistent. That's what we are. Uh, yeah, they've had they've had a bit of a bit of a shock of the last couple of weeks. You mentioned they lost to the Jets, and that was a bit of a drop in two thirty four three. Um, conceded number forty yesterday against the Chiefs forty nine. Um, 
they're a, fun, they're a funny side of the Raiders. They've, they, but they have some some really good weapons. I think Jacobs looks a, a really really good running back. Um, but defensively, they've they've really drafted well. They've got some incredible players. I think Crosby looks like a, mm. a really good talent. I think they could definitely cause the offense some problems. Who do we who who are we most worried about in that in that Raiders team? Obviously, uh, a couple of names mentioned, but who 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 are you most worried about us facing? Miles. Um, so the biggest threat for Oakland is their tight end Darren Waller. He's their number one receiver this year. Um, he's their he's their go-to guys, almost like the Mario uh, Delaney Walker safety blanket sort of role. Except, I think he offers more, um, especially uh, Walker's age nowadays. Um, you'd like their their defensive line. They've got a couple of. I mean, Crosby's having a great season. They've got their first round pick. Um, in uh, Cleveland, Farrell, I think his name is, who started to kick on a little bit. So after they obviously started making up for all their um, uh, Killian Mack draft picks, they're starting to to build a little bit. Um, from what I saw in the Kansas game, they, they've lost a bit of a spark. It happened in the past games. They couldn't get anything against the Jets. They couldn't get anything against this Kansas defense either. Um, Carl started off the season, I believe, being one of the most accurate QBs, uh, only to like Drew Brees, I think, going into week 11. And then he's suddenly, again, lost a spark, lost accuracy. They're giving away a lot of penalties as well. I think they gave away 10 penalties yesterday for about 130 yards. So even though they're well coached, they seem to have a bit of a, well, I mean, they have perfect on the team. He's suspended probably, but they, they've got that side to him. They, they just lack a bit of discipline. Um, again, I'm, I'm going with the positivity. I honestly don't think we're going to lose our next four games. I think we're going to win all four of them. Obviously, in the further podcast, we'll dwell individually into each game. We're having fun. We have no reason to fear anyone, no matter who comes up against us, whatever the offer is. If we, we've shut out a team with arguably the best line in the league, so we stop the running game, and we can stop against anyone who wants to throw the ball at us because we get too much pressure onto their QBs because we have four or five players who can get a sack on any offensive line. So I'm, again, super confident. At some point, I'll have to come on a podcast, no doubt, and say I'm sorry for being so confident and we lost. But we're rolling. I, I think we're going to keep on going. Whatever happens with the players happens. But our next four games, I'm super confident. For me, I think the reason this is must-win is because you look at those last three games. You've got Houston at home, uh, the Saints, and then Houston again away. That is, that is one hell of a tough run-in. If you go into that at seven and six... You, you really need to win at least, well, probably all three of them realistically, but at least two of them to stand any chance of a wild card berth. Um, it's yeah, I think it's gonna be tough. I think away to the Raiders as well. I mean, it's if it was a home, I think I'd be probably more confident. Actually, looking, I was just looking at the uh, the numbers that they put up against. I mean, they were they were woeful on 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 offense, but I mean, Derek Carr still put up two hundred and twenty-two yards. Uh, with one touchdown, obviously two interceptions, which played a big part. Jacobs went over 100 yards. Waller, who you mentioned, Miles went over 100 yards. Uh, they're, they're not. I don't think there is. They just seemingly cannot. They, they, maybe it's, it's turnovers that are, that are killing them, mm-hmm. or they, they can move the ball. Um, but I think, and also the one thing we've we've learned with the times is it's a similar story to the Colts game. I mean, I think Brissett moved the ball with ease at times yesterday. Luckily, just didn't move it in the right areas. Um, I think it's going to be it is going to be a tough game, and it is uh, it's going to be a battle of uh, of the boys as well with uh, Will Compton versus Taylor, oh, yeah. which, will, <laughs> which will always have a bit of bragging rights going on to it as well. So yeah, I think it'll be really interesting. And one one thing um, you definitely have to 
think about, I guess, is uh, the injuries. Obviously, we picked up a couple more injuries uh, yesterday. Uh, Dory Jackson and I think Darren Bates also went went off early. Uh, be interesting to see who who's back because I think we are looking pretty thin in the uh, in that cornerback position. Mm. Obviously, Ty Smith stepped up quite a bit yesterday, um, and or. Still can't remember what his first name is. I'm gonna to have to Google it. Um, you know, he had to step up as well. But there's, I think, if, if the Dory Jackson can't get back for this game, that secondary and that, especially the cornerback position, could be struggling a little bit. Well, Bates won't be back. As far as I'm aware, I read last night that he was in a sling and looking pretty bad, beat up. Um, but uh, I think that's who it was. Yeah. Um, and Adori did come back on, but yeah, as they mentioned in the commentary, that he was a bit shook up and uh, he was limping. So it is worrying for sure. I think that's also what I wanted to say about the the games next. The next few games is definitely comes down to um, who's fit for us, you know, because I think um, I think the the more players we're losing, uh, obviously the weaker the team gets. But um, it, yeah, it's 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 a very very hard schedule to end to end the um, the regular season with, and uh, I, I I'm very I've, I'm very honest and open about it. But uh, I think the Texans are a fantastic team. I think they're doing some uh, some go- cool things at the moment, um, and I think they're going to be very very difficult to beat. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll see, we'll see. Yeah, I must admit, uh, Deshaun Watson is is going to be a tough one. Mm. I think uh, he's. Yeah, I mean, if they play like they did against Patriots last night, I think that that's going to be a really tough game. I fancy us at home, um, but yeah. away from home, uh, yeah, I'm a bit, I'm a bit worried. I must admit about uh, about what that what that game brings, and obviously being being week 17 as well. I think uh, if it's going to become a win and you're in situation, then yeah, that definitely going to uh, to be a very, very tough game for us. Um, but all for, as, as I mentioned before, I think all three of those last games are really tough. Um, looking ahead then of, of our kind of playoff hopes, and at the moment they are still very much hopes and expectations, I think it's fair to say. Um, what, what, what are we thinking we're going to end at if we had to choose right now? What do you think our, our finishing uh, record is going to be? Is it going to be enough to get us a playoff place? Let's start with you, Brian. Finishing record, I, I have no doubt in my mind that we're going to beat Auckland or whatever they're called nowadays, the Raiders. Um, I think we'll beat. I think we'll beat the Texans at home. I think we will lose away, and I, I've just got a sneaky feeling we'll beat the Saints. I don't know why. I don't know what part of watching the Saints and how good they are makes me think we're going to beat them, but I just think we're going to cause them problems. I don't think the offense is as good as it has been. And I think I think you can get. They've got a good defense, but you know we're, we're scoring we're scoring for fun at the minute. We, I, I don't know. I just part of me just thinks we're going to beat them. Part of part of the Saints uh, thing for me was they've already clinched number one in their division, yeah, and they're going to be in a position. Yeah, so players, yeah. I'm I'm hoping we're going to not be seeing Breeze, not be seeing you know. Be nice if they drop everyone. No Thomas, no Kamara on the defense. Uh, they can take away Cam Jordan as well if they want. I'm. I'm. A lot of my thinking for that game is that they're going to be resting players. Well, I mean, Kamara hasn't looked right this this season anyway. I think since yeah, injury. it's true. Latavius Murray has been doing well for him. I think there's only so many people they can rest. I guess. Um, yeah. But it was just me hoping that they'd send out all their reserves. Well, yeah, he's hoping. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> 
Same what with about the you, Greg? <laughs> Where are you going with well, Greg? I'm, uh, I just really hope that we can secure a playoff place before that Week 17 game. Because if we have, if we are getting into that game, we're winning your in situation. Uh, I, I fear for us because I think that Houston, in their own backyard, uh, speaking from from experience of going there and getting absolutely hammered 57-14 uh, a couple of years ago, it's yeah, it's not it's not an easy place to go and, and get the win. Not to say that we we can't. Um, I think there's every chance that we can, but I, I, I would love to love us to to, to win the next three um, and get have a put ourselves in a position where there's hopefully not as much pressure on that last game. But I still think if you win the next three, there's still a chance that we still have to win that final game. So uh, it depends really on what Houston do. And Houston, I think, have got the Broncos and the Bucks, um, which are yeah, two games you'd expect them to probably win. I mean, Winston can't can't throw a pass without it being intercepted. And uh, I think their defence is probably going to be a bit too strong for the Bucks. And then the, the Broncos, they scraped, they scraped a few results recently, but I don't think they're, they're, they're much cop, to be honest. So, I'll be very surprised if Houston uh, don't win those other two games. It will come down to the, to the two head-to-head. Cool. So I think we're obviously uh, quietly confident. Sean, what's your end of the year prediction? Are we going to? Um, I think worst case scenario is nine and seven. Um, I think we are definitely going to win two out of the next four games. I don't know which ones. It could be any of them, realistically. Um, we could beat the Texans away and lose them at home. It's just it's just the way it could end. Um, best case, um, I don't think we're going to win all four. I think three is probably the most we'll win. So best, I'd say, is 10 and six. Worst is nine and seven. Um, I don't know if that's going to be good enough to get to the playoffs. It's, it's going to be really, really tight this year. There's... A lot of teams are fairly average. Um, average is going to get to the playoffs, realistically, the way it's looking at the moment. Um, I think based on where we are at the moment, and if all goes well, it's looking like it could be the Chiefs in the playoffs, I think. So I saw someone say that. Um, but I won't look ahead that far. Let's just let's just get there first. Yeah, I'd take that, though. To be honest, I think oh, you well, would, yeah, well, absolutely. We're on the Chiefs, so we don't mind them. <laughs> Although they do True. always want. Yeah, we've got a decent record against the Chiefs, so I'll take that. Owen, what do you reckon? I was running through, I was running through uh, the uh, different outcomes through a simulator here that I, I found online a couple of days ago. Um, and it's basically showing up as uh, based, this is based on 32,000 simulations of different outcomes and how the Texans are playing at the moment and how the Saints are playing and how the Raiders are playing and all this info comes into it. Um, if we're winning three out of the four last games, it's putting up something like a 77% chance of getting through to the playoffs, like which you know, is obviously based on many thing, outcomes happening and stuff. But I think that is definitely um, what we should be looking at. Um, they should be put, like, obviously we're looking at winning all four, but I think realistically beating the Texans once and beating the Saints and Raiders um, could definitely get us there. Um, uh, obviously, I think if we're losing two of the four games, um, it's showing up as based on again massive uh, thir- over thirty thousand simulations. It's showing up as thirty two percent chance of getting through to the playoffs. So um, it it kind of is it realistically is um, not relying on other teams to do it for us is what I would say because you know we we were relying on the the Patriots last night and uh, it's all just bollocks in my opinion. Um, but uh, we have to go and win and um, will we do it? Possibly, but. Uh, 
they're going to have to win three out of the four games to get through to the playoffs, and that's just the way I'm looking at it. I don't think two is going to get it there, get us there. No, I think I agree. Miles, you're, you're normally the uh, rare sunshine when it comes to positivity. And we're basically gonna, we've already won the Super Bowl. What do you reckon? <laughs> yeah. It's important to know I've started drinking more. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, and I think we all are aware of how important the Houston games are. We know that uh, theoretically, if we can come away with us winning at home, then winning away, vice versa. I don't see Oakland having the threat that they would have. I would have maybe thought about a few weeks ago. I think their their quarterbacks rattled now. I, I don't know if I'll go into the details of much of how bad I think Cars is as a player, um, but I I I, you, I can see over the past couple of weeks he's been very rattled. I don't I don't see an issue coming from Oakland. Um, and again, Saints is purely based on me praying that they decide to play Teddy Bridgewater, which again, he isn't a bad QB, but I don't want to be coming up against Breeze and Thomas and the rest of the gang if they know they're safe. They've had heartbreak in the playoffs the past few years. I can see them really trying to push and make an effort if they can, and hopefully that involves not playing many starters against us. So I think, yeah, worst, worst case, I think, would be the two wins. I realistically... I can see the three wins with the again Saints, Houston, and Oakland. But yeah, I'm I'm so positive with this team. It's I remember when it was was it when it was the 13 and three season. There was just a positivity in the team, and it was just you could just see everyone on the sideline. And regardless of how little Mariota wants to smile at the moment, everyone there looks like they want to be there. They want they smile when things are going. Offense are supporting defense. Defense are supporting offense. Special teams are really getting a lot of reputation for how good they've been this year and it's a feel-good factor and it, all the stuff that's been on the NFL network the past couple of days I know I've been tweeting Kay Adams constantly to try and get her to show us even more love but not give us too much pressure but everyone's saying the same thing it's why not we're on a roll so why not win the next four but yeah maybe me and my drinking and too much positivity but I, I think yeah four wins playoffs Super Bowl and yeah, Simmons will get a safety in the final and we'll win. <laughs> Easy. It's just like that. Uh, yeah, for, I think for me, I the Raiders game is, is a potential banana skin. I think that's a game that we're probably going to go in favourites uh, with, with their last couple of games, how they've played. And uh, I, I don't like us going in favourites, to be honest. No. Uh, so I would, I would like if, if we can get through that. Um, I think we'll win one of the Houston games, probably at home, realistically. Um, I do actually do fancy us to beat New Orleans. Um, I really do. I think that's a, that's a game that not only if they if they go and make changes, I think even if they went full strength, it's a game that we could easily go and turn up to. We, we do that quite regularly. You look at games we've beaten, uh, you know, the Eagles at home after they won the Super Bowl. We beat Pats last year. We beat Casey this year. You know, we at home we 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 have the ability to go and. And really win games that no one expects us to win. And to be honest, even Colts last week, I think rookies over here in the UK had us as favourites, but no one, no one really fancied us to win that game, even with the injuries the Colts had. Um, so I can see. I think if we can get through that Raiders game this coming Sunday, uh, then I, I fancy us to, to to win at least two two of the others. And I think three three and one in the final four is going to be enough for us to to get a playoff place. Um, and then if we do get KC away from home. I wouldn't be phased by that at all. I think we've beaten them once, albeit a bit of a nail-biter. It wasn't a comfortable win by any stretch of the imagination. Um, 
but uh, yeah, I think there's a, there's a good chance that we could we could definitely progress again. I'm going to say three and one. I think it could be two and two. It will purely depend on if we get through this Raiders game, which is no, you know, it is a game that we should be winning, but we have every chance that every chance we we're the Titans at the end of the day. <laughs> we, uh, we we don't we don't always uh, we don't always go by the script. So we'll see we'll see how it goes. Cool. I think that's uh, that's enough Titans talk. Uh, we always end the podcast, uh, obviously, with some non-Titans related business. Um, so let's let our guests start. Owen, what have you got for us? Um, just, uh, I mean, I, I'm not too, I'm not too sure. I've listened to the podcast before, but I'm supposed to rant about something, and it's very easy for me because I rant about a lot of things on a regular basis. Yeah, uh, rant. It can be positive. You can, you can say whatever you want. I mean, th- I mean, there's, there's some guys that do it in a positive spin, and there's people like me who just rant. Yeah, I think I've got a rant today because it's been a tough enough day to be honest. I was out Christmas shopping, which is uh, always a fun thing, and just to put into context, I live in a a, a very small uh, city. Um, on the Swiss border, in a, it's a place called Konstanz. Um, it's in South Germany, and it is uh, notorious for its uh, rich guests and rich visitors on a daily basis from over the border. Um, basically, it's just a place where people to come and uh, spend a lot of money. Uh, beautiful place, one of the nicest places on the planet that you've probably never heard of. However, it's a place where a lot of people come and spend money. Um, and I was shopping today, and... I just wanted to just put it out there that Christmas isn't only about buying shit and to calm down when you're Christmas shopping because there was people today and it's, it's what is it? It's the 2nd of December, 1st of December, I don't even know. Um, what is it? The 2nd of December and the people second, are regret- yeah. Yeah, people are aggressive at the moment and I, I hate it. It is a disgusting, despicable way to be where it's all about money, money, money. I'm seeing people out there and they're fighting and and it's it's just not nice. So just be nice to each other. It's a nice time. I can't be with my family this Christmas. It makes me very sad. I'd like to be with my family. Oh. <laughs> oh. I'd, like, I'd, like, I'd like to be with my family this Christmas, but I can't. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm not going to spend money to make myself feel any better. So I'm going to do that in a very calm, collected way. And that's, all, that's my message I want to get out there today. I think basically what Owen's saying, Sean, is you're not getting a Christmas present this year. <laughs> exactly, I know that. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. It's a good one. Yeah, we were, uh, we had to do a bit of that on Saturday, but um, over here it's uh, it's all about Amazon orders, and that's pretty much every single day. There's another another slip that goes through the door to say you've got to go to the post office to collect another. Yeah, parcel, which is yeah, a bane of my life at the moment. Uh, that's not my non-ties related, but yeah, no good one, Owen. Uh, Sean, what have you got for us, mate? Yeah, I want to talk about bottled water. That's what I want to talk about. I'm here uh, drinking a bottle of Aldi water. Um, I don't know, they're like 25 cent each or something. Um, Something that really bugs me, and I was talking to Owen about this before, is the people that spend ridiculous amounts of money on bottled water. I don't know if anyone else has noticed that, but there's a couple of brands of bottled water that charge ridiculous amounts i mean there's things like smart water i don't know if people expect to have this the knowledge from the salmon or whatever put into the water that makes them smarter <laughs> every time they pay extra to drink it but like it's ridiculous go to aldi go to little go to tesco go to super value if you're here in ireland buy a bottle of cheap water recycle it afterwards don't try to toss it onto the ground don't like we we get it you have money you don't need to spend it on bottled water okay that's my rant for today. I get angry if I talk anymore. 
<laughs> smart, smart water for stupid people. I like it, Sean. Exactly. <laughs> okay, Miles, what have you got for us, mate? Um, yeah. So, again, following on from the, I guess, drinking world. Um, my big um, annoyance is the world of uh, paper straws. So <laughs> Now, if we've got anyone who loves the environment and everything else, then I apologise for the next couple of minutes. But um, I recently went to a, um, a a fast food restaurant that sounds like McFonald's and uh, got myself a milkshake. It was very nice, but I had to leave it on the side for a bit because I was doing something. Came back to uh, drink from it again, and I literally could not drink from the straw because it had caved in on itself. And just, I then had to go, okay, well, now I have three quarters of a milkshake and just my hand to eat it with. So then I had to pour it upwards, obviously resulting in the milkshake ended up on half of my face. And all this just because someone's a little bit upset about what, some turtles somewhere or something. It's, it's, I mean, whenever, whenever I have the chance to go, (laughs) yeah, sorry, whenever I have the chance to, uh, go somewhere where they'll have plastic straws and you know, it's like, I'll take one because you're having it with your drink. I will take a handful, have it in my car side. So anytime I do get a drink and they give me a paper straw, I don't have to use it and I can just use one of my plastic ones. So yeah, sorry, well, environment. Uh, yeah, and also, I, I, this, I'm going to say allegedly because this is something I heard from someone else. Apparently the paper McDonald's straws aren't recyclable. Yeah, apparently They're so. being changed. They're actually mm. being changed. What, what? Yeah, they're being phased, phased, phased out and they're bringing new ones in that are more sturdy. I'm sorry, I'm just shocked that Miles was so calm and collected and all positive, and now all of a sudden he wants to kill off half the the, the reptiles in the world. <laughs> I'm really There's shocked. food and drink involved. I'm gone. I'm, I'm, I'm shocked, man. No, I'm only messing. <laughs> I don't really give much of a toss about it either, even though I should. But yeah. yeah. Kill the turtles, win the Super Bowl. That's, uh, that's Miles' way of living. Yeah. Uh, Put on a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah i think uh yeah they, they do really irritate me and, and actually irritate me even more when i found out they weren't recyclable because that actually was just mm-hmm. like what point mm-hmm. yeah okay cool brian what have you got for us mate right this is uh it's been bugging me for a few weeks this one and i obviously haven't been on to uh clear clear my chest clear my chest uh so basically uh you, you know you got you got the shop for your for your dinner when you're at work and you get a sandwich you get a meal deal uh, Sainsbury's is the is the culprit, and they've got a new festive range in. So, oh, happy days! I've got a few different uh, selections to choose from. Well, I hate cranberry sauce, and it's on everything. <laughs> it's on everything, like everything, every single one of them. What are they trying to do with me? Where's the non-cranberry sauce range? We're luckily enough. We've got uh, we've got a chef who's uh, one of our guests. Uh, thoughts on cranberry sauce, Owen? Um, despicable. Oh. it's um, it's something that we've as a family never ate. I like cranberries in uh, Morocco. I've actually never had uh, it. Yeah, I mean cranberries are fantastic to use as a dry ingredient in Moroccan cooking and and um, Middle East cooking and stuff. But putting cranberry sauce on turkey, man, get a bit of brown sauce on that stuff, man. Then we're talking. Don't mind your cranberry sauce. Brown sauce is the gift of the gods, man. That's all you're putting on it. I don't know what's brown sauce in England, in the UK. I'm not sure. It's just, we just got a brown sauce in Ireland. Yeah, brown sauce. Yeah, all right. Okay, sorry. I thought it might have had a more technical term, but uh, brown, so we call it brown. Like, I mean, I'm not sure. Never had brown sauce in Turkey, but it's something I'm going to have to try this it is good. Well, Definitely. the sandwich in question was pigs under blankets. And that, for me, sounds fun. We all like pigs in blankets. 
It's a basically a sausage and bacon sandwich Christmas spin, but it's just covered in cranberry sauce. That's strange, man. That really upset me. I walked. I didn't get a sandwich. I walked out. It wasn't happy. They love cinnamon oh, over here in Germany. They just throw cinnamon at this time of year into everything. I mean, literally everything. They, like it, it's everywhere, and I hate cinnamon. So yeah, I, I mean, it's to say, I guess it's something similar. Where it's trying to be festive and nice, but it's just not really. You know, whatever. Well, go on, Greg. What yeah, I, I don't think anyone's anyone's had a positive one today, um, <laughs> and I wouldn't be missing negative uh, unless I went for something a little bit negative. Um, I I have had uh, an Apple iPhone for probably about 10 years or so, pretty much since it first came out. Um, And Apple are really sneaky because I am almost certain that they basically kill your iPhone when when you've had it for 18 months by making it last about five minutes before you need to charge it. Just so that you're turning around thinking, oh, I'm getting close to when my contract renewal is up. I have to now buy a new phone because this is just I'm mean, not workable. I mean, I literally will go from from leaving my house at half past six in the morning to go to work, and by the time I get to work at half past eight, I I'm already down to about forty percent, and it's just like this is supposed to last me for at least a day. What on earth's going on? So, I, my biggest gripe is is Apple. I know what you're doing. Yeah, I'm still going to buy a new phone. Just pack it in. Let me have a phone for longer than two years. We know you're listening. Yeah, we know know you're listening. I'm not even sure who owns Apple nowadays, uh, but I know we know we know you're listening. Tim Cook. Tim Tim Cook. Cook. He's tight. He's tight. Just got onto iTunes, and now you're ranting against them. (laughs) (laughs) We're gonna get we're gonna get removed. Love you guys. Love the money, guys. That's the way to make the money. I know you're shooting them down already. It's funny though. It's podcast uh, elsewhere. We love Apple. We love Apple. Keep on going, Yeah, but it really winds me up because I, I literally it always it feels like the last four or five phones I've had it's it's got to that point where I'm probably four or five months away from from being able to get a new one, and they do some kind of upgrade that you know, update to to the system to the point where it's like ah, your phone's not good enough anymore. We're just gonna kill your battery and make it completely unworkable for you. Yeah. And I just get to a point where it's like, what's the point? Again, what's the point? It's not quite paper straws, but it's it's what is the point? So I'm actually contemplating moving to uh, moving to Android, which for someone who's been been, been an iPhone, join us. It is, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm oh, on the <laughs> very very close to uh, to to making making the plunge, um, but I've realised that I've got probably about three quarters of my life on my iPhone, which is which is worrying, and the iCloud for that matter as well. But uh, yeah, so that's that's my gripe this week. Uh, unfortunately, it's another gripe. I will try and think of something positive. Uh, it's usually a gripe or, or a question where it make Adam look stupid by picking Quality Street, which uh, I'll come up with something better next time. Um, cool. Listen, guys, really appreciate uh, Sean and uh, Owen. Obviously, really appreciate you coming on. It's been uh, a collaboration that me and Adam about for a while. We would like, definitely need to uh, to get you on again in the future. Uh, once we get to the Super Bowl, as Miles and Sean will vouch, we'll, uh, we'll get you on uh, again. <laughs> Likewise, having you on. Likewise, <laughs> the same thing. We'll do the same Thanks thing. Get us so. over, get, get you over um, for a discussion because we can use this uh, this recording uh, situation because uh, it's a lot better than what we use in terms of getting a lot of people together. So we'd be happy to do it on our podcast too, for sure. It's, it's good to have a conversation with like-minded people. Once once Terry's on, just let me know. I'll be free. Don't worry. 
Yeah, no bother, but I'm keeping them all to myself, man. I need to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're heading to the studio tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, when's the video being recorded? Uh, no, that's one, guys. Really appreciate it, uh, Brian Miles. Thanks as always. Um, thank you, obviously, for listening as well. We um, we really do appreciate it. Please feel free to give us any feedback, uh, good and bad, but good the better. Uh, we sometimes will ignore if it's just rubbish, bad. Um, Check us out on Twitter uh, at TransatlanticTN. Check out the guys also at Irish underscore Titans. Um, obviously, hopefully we can get a win this week against the Raiders. Uh, we'll see how it all pans out. Uh, and we'll be back next week, hopefully with another Victory Monday, or possibly Victory Tuesday. We'll see who's available. Um, but thanks for joining us. And tighten up. Tighten up. Tighten up. Whoa. Whoa, whoa.